Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're looking at the Michigan Dogman. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this podcast or any of our previous podcasts, please make sure you're subscribed. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a blog, which is paranormalthoughtspodcast.wordpress.com. Definitely for this episode, jump on there because there's a bunch of extra links and sources that you can go and check out, some bits and pieces if you want to know more about the Dogman. And of course, we're on Patreon as well. So if you want episodes early or bonus content or just to help support the podcast, it's $5 a month and you'll get access to everything that's already on there, including far more that's going to come in the future as well. So thank you to everyone who is on Patreon and for supporting us. And I just want to quickly shout out a few new patrons as well. So thank you so much to Ben Dawson and Andrea Land. Thank you guys so much for helping support the podcast. It really does mean the world. So now we have that all out of the way, let's get into the Michigan Dogman. The Dogman, or rather the Michigan Dogman, is one of those cryptozoological creatures that you do come across over time, and it's one that I was only really familiar with the name of the creature, not so much really its origin or reports or anything kind of like that. I always sort of just sort of knew of it, and I, for some reason, always kind of associated it more with Bigfoot as well, which... That is a bit of a theory, which I'll probably get to towards the end of this episode, but that's kind of where I sort of stood with it. You know, I didn't really give it a ton of weight in terms of, you know, I guess, cryptozoological creatures that I would, you know, kind of back in and really maybe argue or even research uh, into to actually see if this particular creature could exist. But of course, here on Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, any particular paranormal topic is, you know, up for discussion. So I thought... You know, this does, and it does seem to kind of go through a lot of popularity over time as well. You know, particular cryptids kind of have their moments and then they kind of fade away and come back. But for some reason, I feel like the Dogman has been one that's been more so coming up on my radar. And so I thought, well, I should really get myself kind of across this and, you know, get you guys up to speed as well if you are somewhat curious or you might already know a fair bit about this creature. One interesting thing when doing research for this, I've really enjoyed the past few weeks kind of here and there just reading some bits and pieces, trying to find video or anything like that, audio, just about more about this particular creature. 
Uh, I found there wasn't really a ton out there that was easy to come across or that wasn't the same information just being restated and so on. It was, it was a little bit more of a deep dive to really get into some bits and pieces. And I found a particular website with some really great sightings as well. So I'll get into that as well. But that's the biggest thing with this particular topic. Like a lot of, as I always say, these paranormal topics is the evidence is really heavily weighted in the sightings. And with Dogman, there isn't a ton of other evidence at all. You know, with some other cryptozoological creatures or, you know, just paranormal topics in general, we can actually get, you know, maybe some clothing that may have been uh, interacted with with the creature or footprints or, you know, a lot of different samples or a lot of different ways to, I guess, have some other evidence that, you know, could kind of be substantial enough to maybe start to get the general population onto the idea that this thing could exist. With Dogman, not so much. It's interesting too because the sightings do, they do vary quite a fair bit. You know, this thing is seen in a lot of different locations and it's also seen to look very different uh, to a lot of different people as well. But Originally, I thought, okay, the Michigan Dogman, as it's most commonly known, but also just the Dogman, I was sort of assuming that this is probably located entirely within Michigan, but that is actually not the case at all. It uh, does range all over the United States of America from coast to coast, uh, as well as into Canada. Then even uh, I found reports uh, in Austria and even New Zealand, which is quite close to me. So there are many different sightings of the Dogman and the variety of what the creature actually looks like is quite different. There's, it's believed that there are two different types of Dogman type creatures. There's a canine version and also a type 3 version. And the canine version is pretty much what I assumed the creature would look like. It's pretty much a dog like creature. So the head resembles more of a dog and the body a little bit more of a man, if not even actually kind of just completely a wolf. Um, very typical, I suppose, if you think what a werewolf would look like, I think that's what these creatures are kind of described as being. But the biggest thing is they're walking on their back hind legs, which as we know, dogs, wolves, coyotes don't particularly do. And the second type, which is the type three, resembles a little bit more of a man type body. The proportions are definitely oversized, you know, large shoulders, um, both the canine and the type three are believed to be between seven to eight feet tall. But the type three, it's even got a flat type face as well, less of a sort of dog like snout. And if you do look at drawings of the type three, it does very much so heavily resemble a Bigfoot. It's hard to know how long dogmen have actually been around. I did find some sources that believe that these things could date back to Egyptian times and so on. But the very first account that typically comes up was in 1887. And this was in Westford County when two lumberjacks saw a creature that is described as having a man-type body and a dog's head. The men supposedly chased the creature until it hid inside a hollowed log. The lumberjacks tormented and prodded the creature until it let out a scream unlike anything else. So the next 100 years, there were other reports of a very similar creature resembling a dog-type man. But there was one event exactly 100 years later that actually snowballed this dog-man phenomena. And it's interesting when you find out what it was because it's not what you might necessarily expect it to be. In 1989, a local disc jockey at a radio station produced a song for an April Fool's prank. The song was titled The Legend. In this song, a dog-man-like creature is described... Steve Cook recorded the song along with his producer, Bob Farley. When the song was originally played, they didn't quite get the effect they wanted. 
obviously it being an April Fool's prank, they really wanted to get a bit of fear, you know, I suppose actually make a bit of noise as you do in radio. You know, everything you're doing is trying to actually get through to the people, have them interact and, you know, kind of build that community. But at first, it didn't really happen. But then over time, more and more people started to reach out and wanted to hear the song played again. They started to call in with their own sightings. And the interesting thing is, is apparently Steve Cook actually had no prior knowledge of the dog man. And he thought that what was in the song, he completely fabricated from his imagination. But obviously, that's not the case with 100 years earlier, the same sort of creature being reported event over the next sort of 100 years. Was it a coincidence? Hard to say. You know, the thing with sort of folklore, urban legend is these stories are passed down, you know, to children, really. It's kind of the, usually the premise is to tell of a scary type creature that lives out in the woods or what kind of have you for these kids not to be out late and to sort of behave themselves, you know. So maybe he did have some prior knowledge and wasn't very aware. Else, it was a very strange coincidence. It's hard to know. But the thing that he noticed straight away was other people were witnessing very similar things. And Steve kind of went on to say he didn't necessarily believe in the dog man, but people were witnessing something. Now, it is interesting. When I sort of came across the idea of this song being produced and put out into the, uh, put out into the airwaves and people started coming forward with their accounts and so on. It can kind of go, you can look at it two different ways that people were witnessing something up until this point, or they knew someone who'd witnessed something. And it's kind of that thing of, oh, you know, people know about this, like I didn't, I didn't realize and actually then coming forward and so on. Or it could be kind of, once again, people assuming that this is actually something real. And then they kind of can start to fabricate something in their own mind and believe that they actually have seen something or they know something about this creature. It goes, you know, really both ways. But if we go down the path of this sort of jogs in people's memory and it kind of, you know, it, it is that thing of once one person starts talking about it, everyone else can kind of start to or they can go, oh, I saw something really bizarre, but I never wanted to speak about it. You know, people then actually start to feel comfortable about coming out and you know, speaking about this, because often things like this, more so now, people are far more comfortable, you know, there's a lot of blogs and you have Reddit and so on, even just YouTube that people can actually reach out, put their story online, and they're going to have a lot of people actually backing them now and uh, believing what they've actually seen. But, you know, think back, you know, almost 40 years ago to the 80s where probably not so much the case, but if you're hearing this on the radio, you might actually start to think, oh, okay, I could actually start to come forward now. But, But that's a very interesting sort of point in the dogman because from there over the next sort of 40 years that's where we have had a lot of sightings come out it's also worth mentioning too it's believed that the dogman only appears every 10 years and it's always in the year ending with seven i found that on a few different sources but it's interesting though because one out of the three sightings i've decided to talk about on this podcast uh, only one of them ends with uh the year seven which is 2007 So I'm not really sure how much uh, you can really put into that. It's interesting. I think that is very much so playing into the urban legend portion of this. But if we're actually going to come at this from a point of view of a cryptozoological type creature, I don't think this, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine a creature, you know, disappearing for 10 years and only coming of those years ending with seven. It doesn't really make any sense. Why would something vanish for 10 years and come back. That really does kind of play into more of a a myth, I would say. But if we're going to look at this as there is a dog man creature scattered, you know, at all different continents around the world, uh, I don't think it would probably hibernate or just vanish for 10 years. It doesn't really make any sense. So we could probably rule that out. Now, the sightings of Dogman, most of these sightings are outside in the woods, you know, very sort of remote areas. Most of the time, there have been some 
interesting sightings as well, apparently more in the city and so on. But most of the ones I have sort of come across have been more out where a seven-foot creature could probably, you know, move around quite freely. A lot of these sightings report seeing eyes originally, so these eyes vary from red to blue to yellow. And often the encounter is the witness seeing the creature, the creature most likely seeing the witness, and then the creature departing from that scene. There isn't so many stories of attacks kind of coming place. It kind of does seem very similar to a Bigfoot type sighting where if you do see one of these creatures, they kind of just want to get out of there. They don't really interact so much with the eyewitness. So these three accounts I have taken from dogmanencounters.com. Definitely go check out this website. This is the best website I've come across for dogman information. It really does break down what a dogman is, where it's been seen. It's it's a very great source of information. And there's videos, there's a podcast, all related to this website. So please definitely go check that out. So this first account is from Sue Baker, and this was in July of 1975 in Michigan. I never saw it, but in 1975, I was newly married, about 21 years old, and had a small baby. My sister, who was a teenager, was visiting. My husband, my sister, and I had all gone to our bedrooms. I would say it was around 11 or 12 at night. We were just starting to relax and get sleepy, when out of nowhere we heard a horrible loud howl slash yell. I mean, it was so loud it made my chest vibrate and my ears hurt. The sound was not human but had a guttural human-like sound mixed in with what sounded like a wolf. We were living in a mobile home at the time and it howled just outside the back door. We jumped out of bed and looked at each other and both said the same thing, what the hell was that? My husband was about 10 years older than me and was an avid hunter. He wasn't the kind of guy to scare easy. His face was drained of colour. My sister came running down the hallway, white as a ghost, and said the same thing, what was that? My husband said he was going to get his rifle and grabbed it out of the closet. He opened up the back door and yelled into the wind, you better get out of here or I'll blow your head off. I yelled at him to please shut the door. He did and we never heard any more after that. Needless to say, we stayed up all night, afraid to go to sleep. I've never forgotten the how. There's just no way it was a dog or a coyote. It wasn't a guy joking around either. It was so loud, there was no way a human could have made that sound. So what I like about this report is, from doing some research, a lot of people do report hearing this creature, and it does sound unlike anything. As Sue has stated here, it had a kind of a bit of human guttural kind of sound, but also it was just so inhuman that it's just unlike anything. The fact that it was able to produce a sound so loud seems unlike anything we're really familiar with. Now, this next account is from Penny Taylor, and this was in 2007, and this was in New Zealand. So Penny writes, One night I was outside with my then partner in the yard, which backed onto some hills. I was using a flashlight to point out the star constellations in the sky when I heard a rustling noise. When I heard it, I shone my flashlight where I thought the noise was coming from. And to our amazement, we saw a figure, about seven to eight feet tall, with light creamy grey shaggy fur. It was upright and on two legs and had its front paws slash arms held upright, a bit like a kangaroo. It had a face like a wolf, but I thought its snout was a bit longer. Its ears were like a wolf too and had a longish tail, which was also covered in shaggy fur that curved up. The creature was side onto us, so we couldn't see its eyes, teeth, or even if the creature had seen us. It was walking quite slowly and disappeared into some trees. At that point, my partner went after it. He never found it though. The sighting was approximately 30 feet away from us. I never saw it again, but to be honest, I didn't look hard either, as I was a bit freaked out. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very interesting account there from New Zealand. Obviously, seeing the creature in full, it's full, you know, that's quite a good description, even though it's from about 30 feet away, which is a bit of a distance. But obviously, having a flashlight as well, you could actually, you know, I suppose, light up the figure and really see some detail there. So this final account comes from Lynn County in Iowa, and this is from an anonymous police officer, which took place in 2014. I was on patrol as a deputy sheriff for the county and was usually assigned to the Highway 13 or 30. However, I recall that particular July, a young man, 16 or 17 years old, had been sucked into a storm drain, which emptied into the Cedar Lake near the Quaker Oats plant. This is a place with heavy foot traffic and located on an urban setting. The area is bordered by Mohawk Park. As the search went on into the night, the local PD got the county involved. I parked my cruiser at what I believed was the electric company's storage yard. I arrived at what I estimate to be roughly 11.30pm. I estimate only because I assure you that there never was or never will be an official statement or record with my name telling the story. As I left the lot, I was at the north end of the lake, headed west on foot. There was a lot of brush between the spillway and the trail. I proceeded onto the point of the trail, which turned south, near where the Cedar Lake empties into the Cedar River, under the railroad tracks, leading to Quaker Oats. There are multiple tracks at that turn, and only the track furthest away from myself had a train on it. With my attention on the spillway, I hardly noticed the first faint coloured light in the distance north from my position. It was coming down the track on the other side of the train. I had thought perhaps it was the taillights of a car. Not being from that patrol route, I had no knowledge that there was in fact no road in that direction. There aren't many things in the world that scare me. Put simply, I've seen some shit in my days, but nothing prepared me for that night. The lights disappeared 
And that was that, or so I figured. About five minutes passed before I hear a snorting, almost sniffing sound coming from the other side of the tracks. When I turned, the first thing I saw were the eyes. They glowed a dull red. The thing was about eight foot tall, pushing 450 pounds. I judged this on the fact that I'm 6'4 and weighed 280. I turned my light, and to this day, I wish I hadn't. It had pointed ears and a long muzzle, and it looked me right in the face before it bolted into the timber. It was not a mask, and it was not a person in a costume. Who would walk up to an armed man with a police radio in full uniform and risk getting shot? I know it's in the dark now. I never spoke of it then, and honestly, I don't know why I am now. But one thing is for certain, it knew I was there, and it was watching my every move. Now, that's a very chilling report. That police officer didn't put their name to this report, uh, which has been unfortunate because I suppose if there was a name, you could probably do a little bit of background research and prove that whoever had written this was actually a police officer. Uh, and once again, very sort of typical description, uh, very dog-like type creature. After they sort of had that encounter of witnessing one another, the creature then departed. And then obviously so did the police officer. But uh, that's a very interesting account. I do, I would really love uh, to know if that actually was written by a genuine police officer, but it was one I came across from a law enforcement officer. So uh, hard to actually know whether or not that is, there is actually any weight with evidence in that. It's something to take into consideration though. So as I mentioned earlier, the type three description of the Dogman, which is very Bigfoot-esque, I feel like Bigfoot could be a explanation for Dogman. Now, probably sounds a bit odd if you are quite sceptical when it comes to creatures such as, you know, as we're talking about now, Bigfoot or other bipedal creatures. But the way I'm looking at it is there is far more evidence of a Sasquatch type creature. You know, we have hair samples and footprints and a lot more sightings, like far more. There's been far more research and evidence kind of collected for something like that. So I feel like a lot of these sightings could be kind of put up to that, you know, but of course there are other explanations as well, such as misidentified animals which are already out there, such as bears, wolves, coyotes. Uh, And obviously a lot of those sightings, if you're going to take them for what they are, uh, you could say, well, these creatures aren't that big. They don't walk on their hind legs and so on. But you got to also take into consideration that If people are frightened, if they've already heard a noise they're not familiar with, they're going to have their sort of defense mechanism up and they're going to be sort of in that fight or flight mode. Seeing something very briefly, they could potentially misidentify something. You know, like as we know, bears do walk on their hind legs. They're not necessarily probably the quickest on their back legs, but they have been known to do it. You know, something like a dog man, it does feel like something that could be very easily misidentified, especially because it does look like an animal and there's a lot of different variations of that animal. It could just be, you know, someone's pet, like a large German shepherd or something like that that you've just seen at the kind of split sort of moment and you already were a bit frightened. So you've just kind of, your mind has just raced and you've, you thought you saw something that was a little bit more uh, explainable. But something else I found really interesting is this thing just sounds almost like a werewolf, right? And werewolves are kind of interesting because they are put into that urban legend category such as, you know, alongside vampires and, you know, in modern times, vampires and werewolves are quite popular in a lot of different mediums. But um, I wanted to take it upon myself just to do a little bit of reading on werewolves. Most people would probably say werewolves have never existed. Same with actual vampires and other things from sort of around that time too, like actual witches too, not just people who practice witchcraft. 
but people with actual magical powers and so on. And I find that interesting because when you look at it, werewolves aren't so different from something, say, as a skinwalker per se. And people would probably more likely believe a skinwalker exists, you know, which is a Navajo Native American who can shapeshift, which can shapeshift into creatures such as wolves or coyotes. But yet when someone thinks about a werewolf, you know, a a human being being able to transform into a wolf, people just go, no, that's an urban legend. Werewolves date back as far as Greek mythology. So there's a legend of Lycaon who angered the god Zeus when he served him a meal made out of the remains of a sacrificed boy. As punishment, Zeus turned Lycaon and his sons into wolves. Werewolf lore also is found in the early Nordic folklore. There's a story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. The father and son wore the pelts and transformed into wolves and went on a killing rampage. Their rampage ended with the father attacking his son, causing a lethal wound. And then there's some more modern tales of werewolves. So these date back to the 16th century. In 1521 in France, Pierre Bogot and Michel Verdun allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. The pair confessed to brutally murdering several children and were both burned to death at the stake. Werewolf law is really interesting, actually, how far it dates back in the different uh, accounts of it, you know, it being very popular uh, quite some time ago. But even now, it's just as popular, but it's more... I suppose, maybe fictionalised in a sense, like people are very much so aware of this thing not existing other than back in the day where it seemed more of a sort of fear tactic kind of thing as well. But yeah, where was it? I just found it very interesting because what we're describing could be very much so a werewolf, right? It is a dog wolf type creature, which has also got resemblance of uh, a man as well. But you know, most people would probably think, no, werewolves don't exist. There's been a lot of scientific reasons to why people may have thought they were werewolves or why people have thought they've seen werewolves. There's a disorder known as lichen therapy, which the sufferer believes that they can turn into a wolf or other types of creatures. There's other explanations such as rabies and even hallucinations from drug intake as well that could actually answer why people believe that werewolves at one point did exist, if not still exist today. And, you know, going back to the thing of skinwalkers too, skinwalkers could very much so, if you do believe in skinwalkers, that could be a reasoning for what this dogman creature is as well. It it is really interesting because I don't think I've come across a cryptid before where other cryptids could actually be the answer to what it is. Um, Obviously, most likely... A lot of these sightings are probably misidentifications, but even just the three sightings that I read out before, each one of them is very different, yet it still has this subtext of whatever was seen or heard was unlike anything known before, you know, so it does sound like there could be something unknown that does have these dog-wolf type characteristics out all across the world. So where I'm sitting with Dogman as of right now, I do believe that it probably is a lot of misidentification of wolves and other types of creatures, even just, you know, average sort of household dogs as well. But also probably more so looking at other cryptids too, as I mentioned, like Bigfoot and so on, uh, just because it seems very similar yet not dissimilar enough for it to kind of be its own thing potentially. I mean, I, it's hard for me to say I'm very sort of new to this particular topic, but it's very different from something, say, like the Mothman. You know, there is very little that sort of resembles anything like that. But when you are seeing a creature that looks very similar to a lot of different uh, variations of canine uh, in the woods already, it is sort of hard to come to the conclusion of, okay, well, you saw something unlike anything, so you must have seen something 
paranormal or, you know, undiscovered. Not to say that what people have seen doesn't exist. You know, I always do come back to that theory of if people are seeing something and there's enough people out there seeing it and, you know, seeing different variations, of course, but seeing something that, you know, if you're a hunter uh, and you're very familiar with the creatures that you're out there hunting and then this thing you come across, you're like, I don't know what this is nothing has ever kind of prepared me for this, then you have to kind of weigh that up as well and go, well, what could this thing be? There is a video as well that's out there, which I'll put on the blog that you can go and look at, which is believed to be the dog man that was actually captured on video. It surfaced in 2007. So once again, playing on the thing of this thing comes out every 10 years. And the footage is known as the Gable film. It, it goes for probably about three or so minutes and it's only the last sort of 10 seconds where you see a creature that resembles a very large wolf, very sort of werewolf, once again-esque, and it kind of runs on its four legs uh, towards the camera. And uh, turns out, yes, that actually was a hoax. But it's interesting because a lot of Dogman believers still actually back this in as real footage too and believe that it being classified as a hoax is just a cover-up, which is, you know, quite an often thing with uh, the paranormal. If, if If something's proved to be a hoax, people then, you know, will jump on we'll jump on the theory that no, it's actually a cover-up, you know, it must be real and so on, which kind of um, can be to our demise all the time. Uh, But, you know, everyone is entitled to their own beliefs and, you know, there might be reasons that people do actually believe that this could still be footage. In terms of the Dogman, not a ton of evidence other than just a lot of different sightings, which could be, you know, kind of explained in a few other different ways. But, you know, once again, I would like to think that this thing could kind of be out there. That's a very exciting prospect and you know I'm very into cryptozoology as you will know so these particular creatures do really get me excited and I want to know more but I think the dog man might be more so one which I probably wouldn't back in necessarily but definitely it's on my radar now so I'm going to keep on doing some reading and so on and if you guys have had any sort of encounter with a creature like this or you know of anyone that's what was really exciting when I did the episode on the Jersey Devil I actually had someone reach out and had a very terrifying experience Uh, about that particular creature. So definitely if you've had anything, let me know because uh, it'd be great to actually hear from one of you guys who actually listens. It'd be great to hear your actual experience firsthand. I think that's just going to about do it on the dog man. I really enjoyed doing this episode and I really enjoyed doing the research and so on. I love creatures like this. It's really exciting and, uh, you know, it's more popular than ever. Like you, you, you probably listening would know more about this particular topic potentially. So I love that there's such a community where this stuff can actually kind of exist and, you know, actually be researched and documented. You know, we're all here trying to find the truth, really. You know, it's all fun to kind of have these sort of urban legends and, you know, really get submerged in them. But at the end of the day, I know I'm here trying to kind of get to the truth. And not everything I'm going to speak about on this podcast, I necessarily believe 100%, but I feel like I have to kind of do these episodes to get to the conclusion of where we sort of sit. And, you know, it's completely up to you as a listener. Uh, what you want to take away from this and, you know, your sort of beliefs. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, make sure you're subscribed. Jump on our Facebook and Instagram to keep in the loop. Of course, we have Patreon as well if you want any bonus content uh, and episodes early. Thank you guys so much and I hope you enjoyed this episode on The Michigan Dogman. I will see you in another podcast episode real soon. Thanks. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.